Hey, y'all, welcome back to the God-Centered Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where we remind you through mentorship, friendship, and discipleship that you don't mom alone. And this episode, number 210, I think we could say don't parent alone, since Kirk Martin is coming on here to help dads leave a legacy of a calm father. I like the soft approach, men. You know what? You're a good guy, right? You're a good guy. Men are good guys, and they want to be good dads. We just don't always know how to do it, and it feels so foreign to us. It's like, oh, it's so hard. I guarantee I'm 52 now, and I've built a pretty successful business. When I look back on my life, I don't. business stuff is easy to me. It's looking back and saying, man, I changed the relationship with my son. And my son and I, now that he's 24 and throughout his teen years, I love that relationship that I have with him. And it was all built not on him obeying me. It was built on me first changing. A, a man who's willing to change himself is a man who changes the world because it's a really cool thing. If you're a new listener of the GCM podcast, you may not know that Kirk Martin has been on this show almost as many times as Alec Baldwin has hosted SNL. Okay, maybe not that many times, but he has been on a lot in every one of those episodes I have linked in the show notes for this episode. Who is Kirk Martin? Well, he is the founder of CelebrateCalm.com. He is giving parents strategies to stop yelling, defiance, and power struggles. Today, he's sharing his story about the home he grew up in, a high-authority home with lots of yelling, and how he was carrying those methods into his own parenting. And he's going to give dads a little pep talk to help them change the legacy they're leaving in their home. Okay, moms and dads, if you are looking for a way to connect with your kids or maybe with your friends or maybe your neighbors and have some deeper conversations about faith, but you don't want it to be super awkward and you know that your people love football, I've got a resource for you. It's called the Faith Playbook. And back in May, uh, author and speaker and pastor Paul David Tripp and sportscaster Scott Hansen hung out with a bunch of professional football players and recorded these three hours of content. Um, they chatted with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, and you hear more about how their faith integrates with their everyday and with victory and with defeat. It's very inspiring and just cool how we can take something that our culture finds and values and idolizes almost and how these men are pointing back to God and being humble and how they share that. If you're curious to learn more, go to godcentermom.com forward slash faith playbook. I'm going to be using the curriculum with some moms and sons this week to get conversations going. We know that our boys are more likely going to listen to some professional football players than their moms at this preteen state. Fortunately, that video comes with a PDF that tells you and instructs you how to break the video into smaller parts and discussion questions to go with each session. If you want to check it out, again, go to godcentermom.com forward slash faith playbook. All right, let's get back to my time with Kirk. Here we go. Hey, Kirk. Welcome back to the God Center Mom podcast. Heather, it's so good to be back. Oh, we've got good stuff for today, don't we? We do have good stuff for today. It was already good, like before this call. <laughs> we've already had 15 minutes. I we should did. like sell that as extra bonus material. Um, thank you for coming back. If y'all have not gone into the archives and heard Kirk, that's going to be on your to-do list after this episode. Uh, Kirk, why don't you introduce yourself real quick to those who are newer to the show? So uh, our organization is called Celebrate Calm, 
And our specialty is working with those really strong-willed kids who don't like listening to you. They like arguing with you all the time. And the shortened version of my story is I found that I spent the first nine years of uh, my son's life trying to change him. And things only changed when I started to change myself first. So we're going to get into that a little bit today. It's cool. Love. I love when you say that every time when God's like, what if I made him like that on purpose? <laughs> what, yes. if, what if that's how he's supposed to be for a purpose? And so one question I get a lot, I've spoken at some mops groups this year on anger and discipline and shared your stuff with them and shared my own journey of getting calm or <laughs> totally, totally arrived. We're all on a journey. Uh, but they say some mom will always come up to me and say, OK, I'm bought in and I don't really struggle with this, but I feel like my husband doesn't. How, how do I convince him that this is a better way and what can he listen to? How can I help him? All that jazz. So we thought we'd do an episode knowing that moms are listening, but also um, you might invite your husbands to listen as well and that we can get on the same page uh, on some on some tricky areas of parenting together calmly and um, why we have these struggles. So where do you want to get started, Kirk? Because there's so much. Let's just start talking. So I'll, I'll give kind of a brief, brief background on um, kind of the situation in our home. Okay. Because my dad, my dad was um, known in our home as the Colonel. So he was career <laughs> military. So my dad was a good man, right? So he knew one thing: my way or the highway approach. You're going to do it how I told you to do it, right? And so my dad, unfortunately, didn't have many tools. And um, he had four sons, and he disciplined us. But here was the hard part. He never really had a relationship with any of us. So we would listen to him because we feared him. But the truth is we didn't respect my dad because my dad couldn't really control himself. And that's why he often tried to try to control us. And you know what happened? So now four boys grow up. Guess what happens? We grow up, get married, start having kids. My way or the highway. You're going to do it like this. Fear and intimidation. And what we all created in our homes was this dynamic, which I know many of your listeners have, which is, you know, our wives and kids even had to walk on eggshells around us because they never knew, right? It was before we're coming home. Kids, pick up the Legos, pick up the Legos. Dad doesn't like it when there's a mess on the floor. Dad can't. Right. And so yeah. there's this all this tension and, and, and it's hard but, uh, because sometimes we put our wives in the position of, of this. When I was on my son all the time, which I was because nothing he could do was ever good enough for me. Now, she had to choose like, well, do I step in and try to be a buffer and protect my son? But if I do that, am I now undermining my husband's authority? Mm -hmm. That's all an awful place to be. So, you know, I, I found that when I changed and to their credit, all of my brothers all changed to learn how to control ourselves. It's amazing what happened uh, within our families. And so I know as a man, men really want one thing overall from their kids and it's respect, right? You mentioned talk to a man, it's respect and authority. Mm -hmm. And this is what I know about men in every sphere of life. Men respect other men who stay cool and calm under pressure, right? So in a military battle, you don't want your platoon captain saying, oh, my gosh, they're shooting at us, right? <laughs> Nobody's going to follow that guy, right? You follow that guy into battle because 
He's not freaking out under pressure, right? You're quarterback of a football team. You don't want him yelling at everyone. The team follows him because when the pressure's on, he leads by example and he's cool and calm, right? And so, Heather, the hard part for men, I think, is that our dads never taught us this stuff. Like my dad taught me how to hit a jump shot. I can change the oil. I know how to work really hard. But he never taught me like, hey, when you come home and your kids have stuff all over the place and your wife's unhappy and uh, upset, how do you lead with calm, confident authority? Like we never had that talk. Yeah. So it's like we know what to do at the office, right? Like at the office when things go wrong, we're like, okay, I can handle this. I'm going to step in. We're going to break down the, the situation. We're going to put in a plan of action. Then we're going to implement it and carry it out. And it's going to be great. Like every man does that at work. But for some reason, as soon as we walk through the door of our home, sometimes we have absolutely no idea what to do because yeah. it's, it's human beings and relationships at work. It's based on authority. If you work for me, if you don't do what I say, I can fire you. And we can't really fire our kids. Otherwise, they would have been, you know, got the <laughs> when free. we wouldn't have a family anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we would. Well, what's interesting about what you're saying, men desiring respect and authority and the position uh, and the desire to have it, if they use anger to get it, it puts their wives in a position where they have to choose. And ultimately, it puts their wives in a position where they have to choose, do I disrespect my husband? Do I undermine his authority? So they're not only losing their kids' respect and authority, they're losing their wives respect and authority so anger is actually the tool to prevent getting the goals getting the things that they most desire from the people they love most oh absolutely absolutely and i think that's that's the hard part i remember when i was going through changing because it just came naturally just to start barking orders and and screaming not even i won't say screaming i was just angry Mm -hmm. and um one of the most humbling moments was realizing my son no longer respects me mm. and he doesn't respect me because of my own actions. And I know if there are men listening, it just wounds us, right? It is so deep in there of like, oh, like now, because I get this a lot from guys. Well, what if I start changing and my kids see me doing this? You know, is that, are they going to lose respect for me? And I'm like, no, they're going to, going to watch the person. I hope this doesn't come across as sexist. But men have – there's something special about a dad, right? Because dads in many homes, they like go off to work somewhere and the kids don't even know what they do. They just come home at night. And there's some kind of weird aura about dad sometimes of like he's like my superhero. Like mom's often the one who's like – Well, even I'm if she the- works outside the home, she tends to be the caregiver even yes. in the tender nurturing side I mean, I've seen both. I have friends, families where the wife works full time outside the home. The dad is the stay at home dad. But there is something about a dad. And I think that we actually hurt our culture as a whole when we when we don't give dads that position um, of importance in our home. Yeah, there's something about dad is super here. Like most of the strong will kids I know take everything out on their moms, right? Like they Mm -hmm. just come home school or if you're homeschooling, take it out on mom all day. And because they know my mom will always love me no matter what. Right. But dad kind of has this, 
so it's hard for men, but what I like to tell men is, do you know how powerful it is to have your kids watch you change right before their eyes? My son is 24 now, and Heather, he will tell me this all the time. He's like, Dad, I don't remember any lectures you gave me, but here's what I do know. I saw you change. I saw you change as a man, as a husband, as a father, and that's what sticks with me, and it gives me no ex- – he says this all the time. I have no excuses anymore. Because you have lived out, you have changed, and I saw you being very imperfect, and I saw you wrestle your way through this. It's not that I'm successful as a business guy. My son doesn't care about that. So it can be a very powerful transition in the home when this happens. So my question, one of, one of the, I sent out a little call for questions on Instagram, and somebody asked, what motivates a dad to change? So what motivated you to do that? You know, I think at the core of it, it was this. I remember one day going to my wife and saying, why, why doesn't Casey, that's our son, why, why doesn't Casey ever come to me anymore? Mm. And she looked at me and said, would you come to you with a problem? Wow. Like, oh, right. And it was like, I'm losing because all the men out there, all the moms out there, we all love our kids. It's just that you have, especially if you have a strong willed child, you don't always like that child and you don't know how to deal with them because they can be downright defiant and they won't listen the first time and they're just tough. And, but I realized I was losing him, this kid that I loved. I didn't really have a relationship with him because I, you know, my dad didn't really have a relationship with us so much. You hadn't seen it modeled for you. Yeah. I'd never seen it. Yeah. I'd never seen it, but I knew that I loved this kid and I wanted that. And I came to the end of my rope because I had tried, Look, these kids we're talking about, especially consequences don't work for them. It's not like if you just give, right? I, I know this will resonate with many of the moms out there. These literally don't care about consequences. Mm-hmm. So you can tell them like, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. And they're just going to be like, oh, could we use Irish spring? <laughs> and they'll like call your bluff. And I tell them, <laughs> you know, when we do our live workshops, there's always guys there. And I'll be like, listen, I don't care if you're six foot four, 250. You cannot demand your way and yell and anger your way bully these kids they will dig in resist i'll put a hundred bucks on the six-year-old because they have an iron will and all it uh, happens is they dig in even more and resist and it creates this um dad against the child kind of scenario and that just never works so you know in a few minutes it's okay i'll share some different ways to handle this, right? Because, well, if I can't yell and scream, if I'm not, you know, how do I express my authority and get respect in the home? Because ultimately what dads desire is for their children to do what they want when they want. You know what? Let me go, I think, let me go a step deeper. Okay. What I want is for my son and my daughter to have take advantage of my life's wisdom because I love them and because I so I want them to listen to me look all, on the surface there is I just want you to listen to me and do what I say because it's just easier yeah. right like just c- cut the crap just yeah. do what I said it's yeah. convenient I don't want to put up with but I think at the core of that if you dig deeper it's I love my child I know that I have a lifetime of wisdom and if my child listens to me he or she is probably going to be successful in life, but if he doesn't listen to me, the road's going to be really rough. Like they're so projecting. So when the child doesn't listen, then my anxiety 
Yeah, then the anxiety sparks to like, what's going to happen to this child? Am I a failure as a parent? You know, all those things kind of kick in. So fear of the future version of the child motivates them to desire. And and some of the moms said their dads want the kids to obey right away and are kind of old school, I guess you would say, kind of like you were saying how you were parented, that it's just the dad's way or the highway. And so how do we as Christians even approach that? Is that a okay what place to go next in the conversation? Hello. Sure. Podcast, Heather. We can do whatever <laughs> you want. So, yeah, let's go there. So <laughs> I have a couple. <laughs> Look how nice you're being. Would that be okay? Would that be okay? No, I don't really, I really don't want to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to be like a strong-willed child. <laughs> no, I'm not Could doing I it. Could I lead you? you can't make me. Do you have any ideas on that topic? Yes. Go ahead. Yes. So here, here are a couple messages that I kind of like to send as the parent, and I'll give you the Jesus example. Um, when kids are getting upset and they're out of control, the, the message I always want to send through my body posture, my tone of voice, my words, through my actions is, your world is out of control right now. Mine's not. I can handle you when you're at your worst. And when we as dads and moms – Right, react to our kids and start getting out of control and start lecturing and yelling. What we're communicating is, I can't even control myself. You can't really trust me, right? And, and this all to me comes back to respect, authority, all come back to trust. Because what I want my child to know is, no matter what's going on with them, they can trust me to stay in control of myself, even when they're melting down. And, and I believe that really good, firm discipline, and I'm all over, I love good, firm, tough discipline, but in our way of doing it, we don't have time to go through it all on, on this. We've got some past episodes. We've yeah. done that. Yeah. But using that firm, even matter, matter of fact, um, tone of voice is, is critical. And discipline, good, not meaning discipline bad behavior consequence. What'd you say? Yeah. Discipline, and you alluded to it before, it literally means to teach. Yeah. It means to disciple. It doesn't mean to punish. It doesn't mean to take things away. It means to teach. And so I believe that good discipline will lead to a closer, more trusting relationship with your child. And so I think that's a good way as men and women to look at our discipline to see, okay, are we getting them to obey or listen to us? You may get a yes to that, as my dad did. But we may get a no to, do I have a close, uh, a, a close trusting relationship with my child? That may be no, which means I'm using fear and intimidation just to get outward obedience. But what I really want at the end of the day is for my child to trust me and respect me enough to know when I tell them to do something, it's not just about obeying me. It's I trust that my father and my mother have my best interests at heart. So therefore, I'm going to listen to them. Because look, I'll just be honest in my own relationship with God. I don't obey him because he's big Mr. God who controls the universe. Like I know I reverence him for that. But that's not why I really respect God because as far as I know, he's always kind of been like that. I respect God because no matter what has happened in my life when I've fallen away from him, when I've done things wrong – he has always been there as the gentle shepherd to lead me back, right? It's I trust him. That's why ultimately, and I'll share this as well. I'm a strong-willed person. When I sense that God wants me to do something, 
my initial response is almost always to resist God at first. Yeah, I know you've got a lot of wisdom. You've been around for a few decades, but um, I don't like your way because it's kind of uncomfortable and I really like my path better. So the answer is no. But as I keep listening and keep talking and keep, you know, praying, I eventually yield, but I do so not because, look, it's not out of fear so much. It's out of, I trust that through my life, God has always shown up and done things in a kind, gentle manner with me, even though it's been uncomfortable. So I listen to God, not out of obedience so much, but out of trust. Does that make sense? I'm not yeah. sure if I'm- No, that makes total sense. And and he's, like you pointed out before we started recording, it's not like he- demands first-time obedience or that we've seen that even in scripture with most people he's called to to do things or to act on his behalf even his son okay yeah so i'll give you i'll give you the minute and a half version of this (laughs) first-time obedience and and look my purpose is this there are many of you listening who have strong-willed kids and i believe this to be true they will never ever 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 listen to you the first time they may not they may not they may not listen to the second or third time but here's the other thing they're not going to always do things the way you want it done but they will listen to you and they will get things done you're just going to have to take a little different approach so very quickly moses god calls moses moses go lead my people out of the wilderness uh, what does out, moses of egypt, do? out of egypt out of egypt yes out of egypt yeah. and and so what does moses do he argues with god yeah. right like repeatedly god told um abraham abraham wasn't immediately obedient he went you know, all, and had another and child. Lied and, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Jesus in the garden the night before he is crucified says, Father, if this cup may pass from me, he asked three times. And I believe what he was saying is, is there a different way than the cross? Because that means I'm going to be separated from you. But then he says something interesting. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours, which means he was wrestling in a sense with God. So it's normal to wrestle, right? It's only Anyway, and then uh, go, I believe it's Matthew 19, great parable, father with two sons, go into the vineyard, do my work. One of the sons was the one uh, that we all want. Why, of course, father, I love vineyard work, right? He was like the Eddie Haskell of his time. Only he didn't go and do the vineyard work. The other son was the one we have. Uh, duh, vineyard work, stupid, I'm not going to do it. Only Jesus said later, that son ended up changing his mind, going into the vineyard and doing his father's work. That was the child who was, Jesus said, was obedient to his father's will, but he didn't do it immediately. He put up a fuss first. And that'll just stretch you a lot with these kids. You're like, oh, right? So if we get time, I'll show you how to deal with those kids because you've got to give them a little bit of space. I told Heather, I used to tell my son, listen, I'm about to tell you something you're not going to like. Um, I don't need you to like it. Don't even need you to have a good attitude. Just want it done. And I would give him the chore, and then I'd walk away immediately. Because sometimes when you stand over that child and demand things of them, it causes them to dig in. And so it's just— You're creating a battle that doesn't need to be a battle. Give In a way. Yeah. Give the instruction that you're desiring. And I know we have young moms that listen, and we're not talking about uh, safety things like— don't go in the street kind of, I don't know. First, like for me, that was like, you don't listen when I say stop when we're out in public. It could be your life kind of thing. So right. that's the hey, tricky a part. A quick one on that, Heather. Yeah. Is um, 
instead of always telling kids what not to do, sometimes give them something to do because then their brain is, because at four, they're not going to be like, listen, if you run out in front of the car, you're going to get smashed. (laughs) Like they don't know, right? They're just driven by an impulse, like something shiny. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in a parking lot or somewhere, I'm always giving a positive instruction. Oh, here's what I need your help with. Let's focus on this. Like stand, stand by me kind of thing. Yeah, like grab my three fingers as tightly as you can before I use those three fingers around your neck. No. Right. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we would talk, you know, and we would say, oh, you're short. I'm tall. Cars see me. They don't see you. Stick by me. I'm tall. They'll see me. I mean, kind of yeah, educating outside are- of the moment, too. Yes, those are cute mommy things. Yes, cute mommy things. It's the teaching. It's the training. The discipline. It is teaching. So, Heather, can I share very quickly what I told you before? This it's thing your about, podcast. Um, you do, no, I'm just kidding. Go I'm ahead. I'm just taking her. Who's <laughs> got bigger control issues, Heather <laughs> or me? She has 18 children, so she asked. I win. To. Okay, go ahead. You're fired. You're off. Show's over. So, Jesus, Jesus says shepherd, right? That's yeah. kind of how I see it as um, three words I wrote down. He leads, which is really cool. He guides, and there's a humility aspect to it, right? So I'm going to tell one story, and then we can get back on this. So this is a good one for dads and for moms. So uh, my son's about nine. I'm going through this transition, and he came home from school one day all upset because you know how sometimes kids come home from school, and so he takes it out on my wife, and I'm like, you know what? You're not going to talk to your mother like that, right? And he was like, um, just did, right? Because oh, he was wow. a real strong-willed child. Yeah, he was like that. And so I was like, you know what? You need to— and so I did the, the uh, provoking thing, right? And I, I consider when kids are upset and I start getting upset, if we're honest, I consider that provoking the child because I need to step back in that moment. Otherwise, it's going to end up with what? You know what? Go to your room right now. If I hear another word from you, you're going to lose all your video games for the next six weeks, right? Because I'm a dad, so I yell things that did I can't. Did you, again, put a video camera in our house last night because – I think that has happened. <laughs> that's what everybody does, right? That is like a perfect quote, in fact. So what you're saying is when they're upset and we engage them with our own high emotions, we're provoking because they're not even in a state to learn. It's fuel on the fire, right? Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, when have they ever said, Father, I can tell that you're rather <laughs> upset. I, think. They just I went too far. Just, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I went too far now. Yeah. Now, yeah. Really? No, instead it fuels it, right? Like seriously going to take away for six weeks. You know what? Just take them for uh, 12 weeks, dad. Go for it. Right? Because that's what my son would do. He'd just look at me and say, seriously, dad, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to do it. And that would infuriate me right. because he was like more anyway. Yes. So I remember he goes and he slams his door. Why? Because that's a trigger for me. You don't, you're not going to slam my door. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have to respect me, but you're going to respect my furniture. It's another <laughs> Our good one. house. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to do this the humble way. So I start walking up the stairs, and what happens? I trip on some Legos. Now, oh. ugh, ugh, stupid calm stuff. I don't want to be calm. I want to go up and throw the Legos at them. How many times have I told you not to keep the Legos in the middle? So it took me a couple minutes. I calm myself down. I go up and I knock on the door. Do I have to knock on the door? No, it's my door. I can barge in if I want, but I thought I'd take the humble route. And, yeah. and, and I will just warn everyone, if you have a strong-willed child, humility is a very powerful tool. And if you're not willing to use humility, 
you're just going to have endless power struggles. And if you email me, I'm just going to say, I told you so. I won't actually <laughs> say that because I'm nice, but I'm going to think it. So, so I walk in, and it was interesting. I sat on the floor, and I started building with these Legos. I didn't say a word. It's so one of my favorite things is sitting down. Really, really effective, right? Mm-hmm. And I started playing with the Legos, and, and it reminded me, because remember when they brought um, Jesus the woman caught in adultery, right? And all the men are standing around with their stones. They're like, teacher, the law says we need to stone her. What do you say? And Jesus stooped down onto the ground and began drawing in the dirt, right? And I thought that was such a beautiful thing because he, look, he, he's the God of the universe. Yeah. He's being called on. Here's what the law says, pretty clear. What do you say? And here he humbles himself in front of this woman doesn't look on her because she's ashamed of her behavior. And I would, I would guarantee you many of your kids are so embarrassed, so ashamed by their behavior. And so when I sat on the floor, by the way, don't look your kids in the eyes when they're upset. It just makes them more upset. So I, I build for three or four minutes. What happens? My son uh, scoots off the bed, sits on the floor. Now we're building. Hey, give me a red one. Let's build. Come on, let's build a spaceship. And now I'm calming him down, leading him to a calm place. After about seven or eight minutes, here's what I get. Hey, Dad, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said those things to Mom. I shouldn't have called you those names. I'm sorry. And I got the apology, but I led him to a place of contrition rather than walking into the room, I want an apology right now, young man, because then it's never sincere. Sorry. Right? That's what we get. And so there's something beautiful about that. And then let's go consequence. So my son said, Dad, what's, so what's my consequence going to be? And I said, Casey, look, I already know that what you know, that what you did was wrong. My, my, um, I'm just curious what led you to that. And that's a great tone, by the way. I'm curious. Mm. Listen, look, you just made a bad choice. I get it. Sometimes kids yell at their mom. I get it. I've seen it before, done it before myself. So I'm curious. I want to know what's going on. What happened at school today that would set you off? What's going on? So here's what we're going to do. Discipline means to teach. And so um, put your shoes on, grab your backpack. We're actually going to go outside, and we're going to walk back into the house, and we're going to role play. We're going to redo this whole situation because I want to teach you how to deal with that frustration that you come home with. Does that make sense? Because now instead of just a consequence for the outward behavior, which he already knows is wrong, to your room, you lose your stuff. If that were going to work, it would have worked a long time ago. Now I'm taking the time to teach, and my my approach is, son, my assumption is you don't want to lose all your stuff every day. My assumption is you don't want to yell at your mother. Now it seems like you do because you do all the time, but I I know that's not what's in your heart. Right, right. So let's go and replay this, and I'll show you three different ways to handle your frustration. See, that's – for the men out there, that's what we do at the office with that young executive, right? We don't mm-hmm. just fire him. We say, listen, I need to show you a different way to handle yourself in meetings. Let me show you a different way to write up that report. When you come to me, you don't come to me with problems. If you come to me with a problem, you're coming with three solutions, we teach that young executive how to be successful, and that's the approach, honestly, I use with men. I want to teach my kids how to do that. I, I do it that way. It's a really cool thing. It's a shift in the mind that it's not just getting my kids to do what I want when I want, 
um, it's to train them up and that, that dads can feel empowered to do that in a calm way is awesome. And like you had pointed out with Jesus, with his disciples, <laughs> literally the word discipline in, in his followers name, uh, that he didn't handle them with anger. He still had all of their respect. He had all authority because he's God, but he um, had authority over them and didn't, didn't use those methods of anger and um, threats to train them and to teach them, even when they were foolish and said silly things like, who's going to sit next to you in heaven? Um, like he just, I would have been like, neither of you, all right, neither of you. <laughs> or like, we're going to die. Why are you taking a nap, Jesus? Um, he he uh, just brought this literal calm presence, calm the storm. Um, I think that that's a good example for men to look towards if you're a follower of Christ yourself. So I loved, I love that you had brought that up. Okay, let me hop in here and clarify. It was not the disciples asking Jesus. It was their mom who's saying, would you please grant my sons the position next to you in heaven? Oh, I so get hurt. That control, that wanting what's best, but stepping outside my hoop and my boundaries. Um, I've also struggled with control this week, this first week of summer. And so if you, if this message that Kirk's saying of let's calm down, let's stop being so angry. And you're like, oh, it's so hard. I get you. I am having those same struggles. But one tool I'm using that is helpful to have a little calm in my day and plant a little bit of truth in my boys' hearts is the Write the Word Journal for Kids. It's the newest product by Cultivate What Matters Shop. It's amazing. It's gorgeous, just like everything they make. And it's got lots of space for our kids to draw, color, um, write God's Word down. There are prompts in there with scripture and prompts for gratitude and how they're feeling and what they love about today. And I felt a little better this week since my six-year-old wrote under I'm grateful for. He filled that in with mom, 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 mom. So <laughs> I must be getting something right here. Uh, also a tip, if you have young kids and they don't, they would it would be laborious for them to write out the whole scripture. What I found for him, the passage on this particular day was Psalm 118, two through four. And instead of having him write out every single word, I wrote a majority and left blank the word love and letters like a slot for each letter that spelled out love so he could see the repeating message. His faithful love continues forever. His faithful love continues forever. And he's getting a little, he's getting confidence that he's helping write out the word, but he's also getting a little truth that God loves him forever. And it's, he's faithful. If you want to check it out, go to bit.ly forward slash cultivate GCM. That's bit.ly forward slash cultivate GCM. You can find the link in the show notes if you can't write it down right now. All right, let's get back to my conversation with Kirk. Here we go. Well, it's it's that. It's tools. It's um, giving kids tools. It's modeling for them. Here's the other one. If you want to get down to the heart of it with men, the other way just doesn't work. Right. Like, I mean, yelling and screaming and using the anger thing simply doesn't work, especially with a strong willed child. And so I always like to tell men when I'm talking to them, like, hey, listen, if you if you're at work and you're trying a certain strategy in your business and it's not working, you get that feedback and you come back and say, "Okay, we need a different tactic, different strategy. Let's try a different approach and see if that will work differently. So if you're finding in your home that your kids aren't responding to you, that you don't have that trusting relationship. If you're yelling all the time, something's not working. So 
take that same problem-solving approach and say, okay, am I willing to try something different for the next week or two and see if that works better? I will tell you that the respect will come from your kids, not from you being out of control. Look, when I used to check into hotels and my room wasn't ready, I'd be like, I'm a Hilton Diamond member (laughs) or in traffic I was getting upset. It's not like my family looked at me and said, wow, look at his authority. Watch how he bullies people, right? Like it wasn't like, wow, my dad is awesome because he loses it because someone cut in front of him. Yeah. Like they just, they didn't. It was afterwards when I kind of, and by the way, Heather, I want to mention this for the men. Being calm doesn't mean you don't feel stuff. And the moms too. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel frustrated, angry, PO'd. You're going to be anxious about your child's future. Yes, Mm -hmm. about their future. You just don't act on it. You identify that you're feeling that emotion and choose to choose something different in how you're acting. So I'm going to play devil's advocate for the dad or mom who's listening who's like, yeah, but your dad was a military guy. And in the military, it works. Everybody gets in line. You've got one person giving the orders. You follow in line. We work together as a team. Like there's a system. What do you say to that person who's like, yeah, that sounds great and all, Kirk. That seems like a lot of work for me. Um, Unnecessarily, you're just giving kids too much power. You know, you've heard all these things. I've heard all those things. (laughs) So in battle, look, who's the guy that we follow into battle? It's the guy who's calm and cool under pressure, right? He's not screaming at his men like, oh, you've got to, right? They're following that guy, that leader, Right. That's different from boot camp. Right. I mean, a boot camp is you're stripping people of their individuality. Mm. Right. And I don't think that's what we want from our family. It's just another body. Another soldier is another body that goes into war. And yeah, it's a right. There's a little bit of a different analogy. We can't. Yeah, we can't totally draw the same line there on the battlefield though on the actual battlefield and i read a ton of history my son and i are going to visit world war one sites this summer that's That's our that's our uh his gift to me uh for father's day for the last 10 years because he never got anything (laughs) for me and so um (laughs) no but what i read when i read all these things you learn the men follow that guy into battle because he had their backs right he was the one leading and he cared about his men and they respected him and they would do anything for him because he knew that they that that uh, uh, general platoon captain, whoever it was, was willing to lay down his life for them. Right. Those are the guys. Those are the leaders that men follow into battle. So that's how I kind of counter that. Mm-hmm. Whether it's too much work. Look, here's what's a lot harder to me in the end. Um, just reacting all the time, yelling. What's harder is, one, it doesn't work. So you have endless consequences. And I'm not being dramatic here. You're going to end up not having a good relationship with your child. The teenage years would be horrible, right? And then you're going to have to re-establish re, um, this connection with your child later in life, right? That's a lot more work. It, this is just us it, it, in most raw terms is, um, is just growing up. What right? do you it's say? Yeah. What do you say to the dad who thinks his wife's being too soft and so he has to polarize to make up for that? One, sometimes she probably is. And sometimes she is because she has to spend more time with the children. And so, you know, for many women, 
they're spending hours and hours every afternoon or evening with the kids. So yeah, sometimes, and I like to tell moms that sometimes I give you permission. Sometimes you, you do give in at times, right? Just, and, and here's the reason because you don't want to murder your children and you just need to literally, <laughs> you can't take up every night. battle. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. And so mm-hmm. I look, I used to tell my wife, you know what? You're just coddling him. And she was like, yeah, and you're way too hard. And part of that is personality. And, and, and that's the balance, right? You can't have two people in the home who are too soft because then the kids are going to run over them. But you also can't have two parents who are too um, tough all the time. You will balance each other out. I just encourage you. It, you know this, Heather, from, from having kids and being married for a while. It's usually somewhere in the middle, and you two balance each other out, right? And I look if if you're a man and you're listening, and you are the the tougher, and it's not always that way. There are women out there who you're like drill sergeants, yeah. and your husband actually uh, doesn't get involved because he doesn't like conflict, and he doesn't want. He's afraid the kids aren't going to like yeah. him, and that's a huge issue too. That was that was the home I grew up in more. Yes, that's sometimes mm-hmm. even harder issue because then we've got to get the dad to kind of step up. Right. And, and get involved. But I like being like in our home, I was and will always remain the tough, firm one. I can still look at my son at age 24 and give him a certain look that just says, don't mess with me. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Right. So I, I don't want any of this to come across as like, oh, you're going to be the new wimpy man. Not at all. I get I have so much respect in authority with my son because he knows I can control myself. But that also, watch what else. It also means my words mean a lot now because I just don't blabber endless stuff at him and bark out, if you don't do this, you're going to lose everything for six weeks. That's when kids are like, I can't even trust your word anymore, yeah. right? Like, yeah. it doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I think this will... Yeah, and I think that if the dad is motivated by what you've said so far to take a step to change. He may see his wife um, be less soft because, because we do polarize, like you're saying, we balance each other out. If, if one person is so tough, the other one feels like, okay, I've got to be light around here or else we're just going to be miserable. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be miserable. And so if that dad is motivated to change, what would be some of the first steps for him because um, it can seem insurmountable at times. Like, I don't even know how to change. Where do I start? So I'll give you uh, a few examples. And this is often what I tell even um, for the uh, uh, moms, wives who are listening is sometimes as a man, it gets very overwhelming, right? Cause overall women tend to listen to pod parenting podcasts and read parenting books and you get all into that stuff, right? And you have a little plan. And so it's like, honey, we, we need to change our whole parenting style. <laughs> we heard this calm guy and you're like, whatever, mm-hmm. like, where do I even start? So I like specifics. Like even when you go to your husband and say, Hey, you know what? Um, for the next week, could we just try doing it differently just for the next week? And here are two or three things that, uh, if you would start doing so in that circumstance, instead of standing over the child and bellowing out at him, could we just sit? Could we start to sit when we're starting to get upset? Let's just sit. Cause I love sitting because it just changes the dynamic, right? Yeah. Um, uh, giving your husband some very practical tools like that. Um, 
you know, when kids are getting upset, my three go-tos are um, one, building with Legos, that example I did before, sitting down and coloring with your child. That's awesome. Next time kids are getting all upset in the house, literally just sit down and start coloring. And I guarantee you'll see a change in the child's behavior. And my more active one for husbands and men sometimes is, you know, your child's melting down in aisle three at Target or in your living room. Try this one time. I guarantee if the husband gets down and starts doing push-ups in the middle of that floor, and again, this is weird. I like (laughs) weird stuff because weird stuff works. I guarantee the kid will stop melting down because he's going to look over at his dad and say, what's my dad doing push-ups for in the middle of the grocery store? And I get to look over and say, Jacob, come on, you want to do 10 with me? Because if you did 10 push-ups every time you got upset, you'd be ripped. (laughs) No, don't say that, but you think it. But come on, you want to do 10 with me? And I guarantee you're going to lead your child to a calm place. So wives, you know, and hubbies, let's just try two or three different things. One rule of thumb I use is do the opposite of what you're doing now. Right? (laughs) If what I do now is I walk in the home and start yelling, why are the Legos all over the floor? Why are the... I begin to sit on the floor and I begin to teach and I ask questions and I do things in a firm, even, quiet manner. And, and I give men a challenge. Try it for a week. See what the response is. And if the response isn't different, then go back to uh, yelling at your kids and you'll just ruin your relationship with them. <laughs> but you can go ahead and do that, right? Because I'm – if you don't mind, I'm going to roll through a couple things yeah. here uh, yeah. for women because I know we're going to run out of time. Yeah. So – to approaching your husband. This, I like the soft approach at first. It would mean a lot to me if. So saying to your, saying to your husbands, it would mean a lot to me if. It would mean a lot to me as your wife, if we could start trying this calm approach and doing it this way, right? That's a nice phrase of being assertive. It would mean a lot because otherwise it comes across as hobby. I read this book and it said, this guy listened to a CD. He said this, it would mean a lot to me. That makes it personal. Um, giving the specifics, right? I love specifics like this one. Like if your hubby's coming home from work, when women say, wives say like, you know what? You need to get home. I need some help with the kids. All that tells a man is you want me to come home and yell. But moms, if you say code word, hubby, it's a code red day today. Code red means when you get home, I need the kids outside of the house for seven and a half minutes. Otherwise, you are going to see me on the evening news, right? (laughs) I just need the kids out of the house for seven and a half minutes. So for the men out here, and this is a funny example, but it works. I did it all the time. You grab some loose change out of your car when you get home from work, come up, whip open the front door and yell, treasure hunt, and just throw some coins out in the front or backyard. And little kids love treasure hunts. You will get them out digging in the dirt looking (laughs) for those coins. (laughs) <laughs> and now they're out of the house. And now as a guy, I'm outside and I get to say, guys, good, you know, good job. Look, up, look, I think there's some over there. Why don't you climb under the drainage ditch? I think a couple went down there. <laughs> and you know what I mean. But yes. No, I think that's brilliant. Stuff, yes. Yeah, that's brilliant. I like the, I like the direct approach. And I yeah, or it could be simple of, hey, guy, you walk in the front door too and say, hey, guys, let's go take a, a stroll on a nature walk around the neighborhood. Just Absolutely. like one block but even in you. Treasure hunts, yeah. challenges, things like yeah. that. You lead, they will follow. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like, for guys, it's thinking of those ideas. That's hard. Right. That's hard. To th- it's easier to just say, do what I say when I say, rather than motivational right. ideas. But like you I said, they do it at work. So it's not that they're not capable. It's just they don't have experience in the home setting. 
we just have to take a little time to think. Yeah. This is one plug for my stuff. Um, and if you ever go to our website, celebrate call and email us, just tell us you're a God centered mom person. Cause <laughs> Heather's like a rock star. Like we go places like, Oh, I heard you from Heather and awesome. God centered mom. And it's awesome, but we'll help you out with stuff. But we have a men- a CD. My son and re- I recorded just for dads because we know that men don't listen to their wives, but <laughs> if you read something on the internet where a stranger tells us, then it's true. So my son and I did this and there's no emotions. We're like short. So if you're ever interested in that, just reach out to us because it's great. You can get us a download, download it right to your husband's phone, put it in his car on the CD player. Just say, hey, just listen to this on your way back and forth from work. And if you get some good ideas, I think you'll like it. And it's kind of like a guy talking to him. But Heather, you know, one of the things I like to do with men, and I know there are going to be men uh, listening to this. I only really listened to my wife when she got very direct. And there are two different direct ones. One is say, listen, I didn't marry a child. I married a man. And mm. I expect to start acting like one. Does that sound disrespectful, but it, it wasn't? You didn't receive it that way? Oh, I didn't like it. <laughs> no, not, you know what? Sometimes in our culture, we're a little bit too wimpy, right? And men... No, men overall, I like the more direct approach. But like if I told him I married a man, he would like, I think that would hurt his feelings. Well, and again, you have to judge that, but maybe he needs to have. But but yeah, some men that might be, you, that's how you were raised though, right? Too, with a more direct. You don't have to say, sometimes men won't, will be like, okay, you know what? Fine. I'll work on it. Mm-hmm. I did that stuff all the time, which was I was just blowing my wife off saying, yeah, I'll work on it. But I don't know where I'm going to do that until she came and said, listen, I, you know what? I married a man. I married yeah. a man. And I need you to start stepping up and acting like it. And that I didn't say, thank you, honey, for being direct. That really means a lot. I didn't. I stewed over that. But inside what I knew was I am acting like a child. And again, use it with wisdom. Another way I like to say, and this is direct, this isn't wives saying, this is me saying to the men, because I understand how hard it is to men, to, for men to do this, but, it, but that makes it really critical, and it's this, and I believe this to be true most of the time. If you do not change, and if you do not forge that connection with your son, most of those boys will grow up and become angry young men. Hmm. We were my son and I were listening to sports talk radio one day on our last trip, and we heard this interview with a former NFL player. His name's Brian Cox. He's a really good player, and he was telling the host, "Yeah, just looking back, I had so many anger issues in my career." Hmm. And my son, because he knows our stuff, said, "I know what it was. Daddy issues. Never got approval from his dad." Thirty seconds later, the host says, "Hey, Brian, that anger thing. Where did it come from?" And you know what he said? I always wanted my dad's approval, and I never got it. Mm. And this is a 50 year old man who's still searching for it. Right. Mm. And I would tell the men too, if you have a daughter and if she doesn't know that you like her and that you accept her as she is, even if she is difficult, I guarantee when she gets to her teenage years, she's going to seek a man's affection in some teenage boy. And that teenage boy is not going to treat her the way you want her to be treated. Right. I mean, I hate saying that, but it happens. My son, who's 24, he can pick out a girl with daddy issues right. so easily. Right. And so I like the soft approach. Men, you know what? <laughs> you're a good guy, right? You're a good guy. Men are good guys, and they want to be good dads. 
we just don't always know how to do it. And it feels so foreign to us. It's like, oh, it's so hard. I guarantee I'm 52 now and I've built a pretty successful business. When I look back on my life, I don't get business stuff is easy to me. It's looking back and saying, man, I changed the relationship with my son. And my son and I, now that he's 24 and throughout his teen years, I love that relationship that I have with him. And it was all built not on him obeying me. It was built on me first changing. So anyway, I, I, I just encourage you, your kids will grow up and respect you because you did change. And if there are any men listening, if you want to email me directly, go on our website. It's just Kirk at Celebrate Calm. I'll help any guy who's looking for help because I know how hard it is. And a lot of us struggle with addictions and stuff. I'll handle that confidentially because I just, you know, I love helping a, a man who's willing to change himself is a man who changes the world because it's a really cool thing. It's powerful. And we need more men leading men and helping them grow in these things, um, which is awesome. And Kirk, we love what you do. Appreciate you coming on the show. Y'all, it's celebratecalm.org or calm. calm. Celebratecalm.com. I have to use my better accent there. Thank you, Kirk. Appreciate it so much. And we'll have to do another talk. Oh, you're so nice. You don't even know. I'm a mess. You don't even know if I'm awesome. I was just trying to practice being gracious. Oh, my stars. All right. Thanks, Kirk. Thanks, Heather. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay, moms and dads. How are we feeling? Do we feel inspired that there's another way? If you're still not sure if you don't have enough strategies to calmly parent, like you're bought in that you want to, you want to leave a different legacy, but you don't have the tools, make sure you do head over to the show notes for this show because I have linked the other five times that Kirk has been on. He uh, has a lot of great options, especially if you have strong-willed kiddos. He has a lot of great ideas. Go ahead over there. I'm going to pray for us. Dear Lord, I know that you love us. I know that you parent us so graciously, so patiently, that Jesus modeled this. Yes, when he got angry, it was usually um, with those outside of who he was discipling. But I thank you that those close to him, he modeled a calm and patient presence. I pray that in these weeks ahead, we can use some of these tools to sit down instead of stand up to um, to not feel like this is a battle to be won. I pray, Lord, that we would look to you, that we would read your gospels and learn more about how you engaged people, how you um, trusted God for their understanding. Um, I pray that we would learn the balance as far as being parents and teaching responsibility and all the things that we we want to do so that our kids are successful human beings, but that we hand over a lot of the outcomes to you and surrender that to you, God. I praise you and thank you for each man and woman that is listening today. I pray for marriages that this would not cause division, but it would bring husbands and wives together, that legacies would be changed, Lord, that healing would happen if there is hurt from um, angry fathers and that Father's Day is going to bring up a lot of those emotions, God. I pray that you would be their ever-present Father who is calm and patient and kind, and that you would heal those wounds, that you would heal those memories, that you would remind them of truth, that they would release the lies that they'll never get it right, 
or they're too far gone and they could depend on you for restoration, healing, and for the change that they so desire. Thank you, Lord, that we get to do this, that we get to parent these kids, shift our perspective and help us to see the beauty of the gift that we've been given. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. Summer Mentorship starts next Monday. I have finished the questions. Sarah Jane, my assistant, and I, I've created a PDF. It's going out to the podcast club leaders. If you want to start a podcast club, go to godcenteredmom.com forward slash podcast club, and you can see more details there. We have a Facebook group right now where lots of women are getting encouragement and ideas. Um, But if even if you don't have a club, this summer, we're going to have some republished episodes from mentors who've been on. A lot of the shows are over two years old. So we'll just refresh and I'm going to take a little break, a much needed break. Spent lots of times with my boys. Um, I'm going on a trip with them and going to do family camp. And so I might even be off social media some. If you notice I'm not as responsive that I just need a break, y'all. Um, it's been almost five years of the podcast. And I will tell you, I'm going to drop it in here. Stay tuned. There is a live event coming up. We had one last year. I've got another one coming up, so stay tuned for more details related to that. I want to see anyone who's able to come. I want to see you there. I want to meet you, hang out with you. All right, y'all have a great week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to godcenteredmom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping Him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and He is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.